0: Hello podcast listeners. Because of a technical problem this morning, uh, this week's homily will be recorded in my study, not in the chapel as usual. So here goes. There's so much entertaining going on in this week's scripture readings that I think we probably should have declared this Martha Stewart Sunday. In our Genesis reading, Abraham and Sarah are entertaining either God himself or three angels, depending on how you read it. In the gospel from Luke, Martha and Mary are entertaining Jesus. So lots of hospitality, lots of entertaining going on. In the ancient world at the time of Abraham and Sarah, hospitality to strangers was a civic duty. With an economy built on nomadic herders and migrant labor and an inhospitable desert environment, it was vitally important to look after strangers in need. After all, there was no telling when you would be the one out on the road with no food, water, or shelter. So Abraham and Sarah take seriously their obligation to look after these three strangers. And I have to wonder what it must have been like if we take the readings at their word, where Abraham tells the three guys to go wait over there under the tree, while he runs and tells Sarah, quick, make some bread. Now... Making bread, as you may know, is not something you could do quickly in the ancient world. It would involve, you know, kneading the dough and letting it rise, letting it rise again, and then starting a fire to fire up the oven. So we're talking about a three hour long process. And that is as nothing compared to what it would take to take a steer on the hoof and butcher it to make dinner. I imagine those guys under the tree were probably waiting about eight hours before the meal was ready. But that was the kind of extravagant hospitality that Abraham and Sarah are showing to these three strangers. And as we see in many places in the Old Testament, God could appear in the guise of a stranger. So it was both a religious and a civic duty to welcome strangers. In a lot of our current discussions about immigration, The church has repeatedly called us back to these values of welcoming and hospitality. For thousands of years, these values defined basic human decency. In recent years, we've apparently left behind a lot of those values by deciding to live in fear. Many of us don't have the opportunity to literally welcome strangers into our homes. I had the chance a few years ago when I was running the Paulus Fathers summer camp on Lake George in the Adirondack Mountains in New York. I was about to turn in for the night when there was a knock on my door. Living out in the middle of the woods, you don't really expect people to come calling at 10 p.m. on a Saturday. I opened the door and there was a tired looking man, probably about 35 years old. He introduced himself and explained that he was biking through the Adirondacks and wanted to know if he could sleep overnight in our boathouse. He gave me the phone number of his sister in Vermont if I wanted to check up on him and see if he was legit. He declined my offer to stay in one of our guest rooms, saying he really wanted to be closer to the water. The next morning I told him he could use one of our showers and join us for breakfast, which he did. Before he departed, he told me that he doesn't travel with a lot of cash and I explained that we really didn't expect any payment and then he reached into his pack and pulled out two shiny silver dollars which he placed in my hand. Now the gospel for that Sunday was the story of the Good Samaritan in which a traveler hands an innkeeper two silver pieces to care for an injured stranger. I thought that was a really odd coincidence. Uh, I'm still not sure exactly what it means, but I still have those two silver dollars. Most people today don't show a lot of hospitality, particularly to strangers. The church frequently reminds us of the importance of caring for immigrants and refugees and indigent people, but we're fearful. We teach our children to be fearful of strangers, probably for good reasons, but the world and its people haven't changed all that much since biblical times when hospitality to strangers was part of our social contract. Maybe I'm naive, but I wish we could recover some of that welcoming hospitality. I believe that instead of being fearful, we need to be careful, literally full of care, and not just for ourselves. There's another critical lesson in today's gospel for us, and it's less about hospitality and more about what I think of as life balance. For Jesus to feel comfortable in their home, Martha and Mary both had to do what they were doing someone had to put the meal on the table, and someone had to make the guest feel welcomed, attended to, and listened to. Both these roles were essential. The problem is that Martha felt like she'd gotten the short straw and she felt resentful. And this can happen to any of us at one point or another when life starts to feel out of balance. All of us have to cope with some tasks that are urgent and some tasks that are important. Some things are urgent, but not all that important, and others are important but not urgent. If you spend all of your time rushing after everything that's urgent, you may never get to what's important. This isn't my original idea, by the way. I think it's from Stephen Covey, one of the management gurus of the 1990s, but it's a good distinction. People will often explain to me that they just don't have time for serious prayer. They pray when it's urgent in a crisis or emergency, And they know prayer is important, but other urgent tasks like dealing with the kids, making a living, studying for an exam, paying the bills, don't seem to leave much time for prayer. It's easy to choose to be Martha rather than Mary, to look after the urgent details instead of the important big picture. My usual advice to the too-busy-to-pray people is that if you can't carve out 20 minutes a day, maybe there's something else in your life that's out of balance. If you live for too long with an imbalanced life, you're going to develop some resentment. Sure, the important little details may get attended to, the urgent ones, but you'll feel like what's of ultimate value to you is being neglected. And I wonder if this is the trap that caught Martha Too much time spent on the place settings and not enough attention to the people in the chairs. Do you think that Martha in the gospel was forced to do all the household tasks alone? Does she strike you as just a little bit passive-aggressive, maybe a little burned out? She's living with the consequences of her own choices. In the end, how welcomed do you think Jesus felt being asked to mediate this little domestic drama? Poor Martha so sabotaged things that all of her work and her sister's attentiveness go right out the window. So yeah, I'd call that passive-aggressive. Look at the response that Jesus makes. You're upset about many things. This isn't all about the housekeeping, is it? Mary made her choice and you made yours, so deal with it. It's a tough answer, but I think it's the right one. It cuts through all the passive-aggressive drama. Martha wants to present this as an issue of fairness or justice when maybe it's really just about personal responsibility. Balancing the urgent and the important isn't always easy, but it's only possible when we acknowledge that we have choices to make. Put another way, it's not enough to prioritize your schedule, you have to schedule your priorities. And that may mean making time for prayer or making time for your children or your spouse. It may also mean letting go some of those details that are urgent but not important. And it may mean making room in your schedule and in your life, even to welcome a stranger.